Good evening and welcome back to the One Step Paintball podcast where we talk about the sport, the culture, and the history of paintball. Uh, tonight we've got a great guest uh, from Die Precision, Andy Potter. Uh, before we jump in with Andy, I just want to, in full disclosure, uh, like I told everybody I would do on, on Transparency, Andy is the, I'm going to get these titles wrong, but the Die account, uh, account rep for uh, Avid Extreme Sports as well as the sponsorship guy for the Bricktown Bucks. Um, so that's, that's how I suckered Andy into this. Cause he works with us a lot already. Um, but, uh, I'm not going to be gentle on him and he already, uh, knows that I am not the nicest guy when it comes to questions. So Andy, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Uh, this, uh, this episode took a while to put together. Unfortunately, uh, Andy has a life. I have a life. And then, uh, I caught the plague. So I had no voice for a good two weeks. And as those of you might be able to tell, it's still not all the way back, but Hey, I can at least talk again. So we're, uh, uh, we'll hopefully be able to bumble through all this. So Andy, are you ready for the questions? Hit me with it. I'm ready. Outstanding. Um, now I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I did send you most of the list in advance, but you are going to get a couple of whammies that you're not prepared for because that's just, just how we roll on this show. <laughs> um, so start off with the easy one. What was your first playing experience? Um, it was way back. I was about 16. I played at EMR Paintball Park in uh, Pennsylvania. Wow. Okay. Um, one of my buddies, Chris Hansey, um, his dad mm -hmm. owned EMR Paintball Park, and I went to high school with him. So he invited me out to play on a open play weekend, and uh, I had a rental and got out there and got shot a bunch. That sounds like a very familiar story on this show, except for the being able to play at EMR. That's that's a new one. That's cool. Uh, it's one of the places I've always wanted to play. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's where I grew up. Uh, I went to high school there and everything, so that's where I'm from. Nice, nice. Uh, so how, how long would that make that? I'm not trying to put you on the spot on age here, but... Uh, uh, it's about 27 years ago. Nice. All right, all right. Uh, what was your first marker? First marker was actually a Mega Z, um, which at the time was EMR's Reynolds. Uh, Montanil Design, a company that blew, that owned EMR, was uh, manufacturing and producing and selling the Mega Z. It was it ran on liquid CO two, so it was a it was a banger at the time. I mean, we loved them. We had them had them for quite some time, but it was definitely my first marker. Wow, liquid CO two. That's had to be crazy efficient and really hard on O-rings. Yeah, really hard on O-rings. Shot like it seemed like the velocity got stronger as it went out. Like it, it was, it was a, it was a hard hitting gun. But yeah, they were they were top of the line back then. I am gonna have to track down pictures of that. That sounds that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, uh, what was the first event you played? Oh man. Um... The first event I think I played was um, at Skirmish. Oh, man, another um, great, great historical field. Yeah, it was right. It was about an hour from where I lived. And it, at that time, it was called the World Record Game. Um, and they would get thousands of people. And and I, I went there and played. It was like literally one of my probably my, my fourth or fifth playing experience ever was at a big game of like 2,500 people. Wow. It was, it was intense, but I, it got me hooked for sure. 
back when multiple big games kept trading off title for biggest game on the planet. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. And I mean, I think at that time that one was darn close to the to the real one. Um, D Day back then was pretty pretty hot and heavy in those days, so it it probably gave it a run for money too. And Hell Survivors had a pretty big one back then too, didn't they? Yeah, Michigan Monster Game. We used to go to that yeah. one as well. Yeah, man, uh, I miss all the good ones. Yep. Well, I miss all the big ones. I I did some great, great ones. So, section, sure. if you're listening, I love you. I, I your games are great. Just twenty five hundred people, man. That's a target rich environment, and I wish I'd have gotten to play one. That uh, yeah, yeah, hmm. lots of them. I mean, we used to travel and do them all the time. I mean, we had a lot of EMR, like the Castle Conquest. I didn't really play them. I was helping to run the field at that time, but we'd have events that were like eighteen hundred to two thousand people that were attack and defend on the big castle up there. Um, but back in those days, those games seemed to be the norm, like 1,500, mm -hmm. 2,000 people, all kinds of crazy amounts of people camping. And it's just, that it was a wild time. That is awesome. All right. Uh, so what's one piece of equipment or marker you wish you'd never gotten rid of? Um, Had a lot growing up. Um, I would probably say, honestly even in the era it kind of seems cliche with what's going on, but I had a dark cocker. Um, I actually got EMR a wholesale account just to buy that marker when it was like 1998 or 99, it was a black to red fade. And I loved that thing. It was like ribbed. It was such a cool gun. And I sold it for next to nothing, probably like seven years ago. And if I would have held on to it, it'd probably be worth something, but I would love to just have it. I wish I wouldn't have gotten rid of that thing. Yeah, I, I I love that Dark has made a resurgence. Um, yeah, the 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 DSRs look good. The the Cocker run that Free Flow did that Buddy did with in conjunction with with, with Die, beautiful marker. Sure. Uh, I I bought one of the frames. Actually, it's on my it's on my Free Flow um, caliber, right? The new Die frames, and it's yeah. it's amazing. Uh, and I'm so glad that uh, that the whole mech resurgence is back. We've got so many great mech markers at multiple price points now. It's not just the, the sure. $200 rentals and the $2,000 cockers. You've got beautiful stuff all up and down the price range, yep. including the, the, the DSR plus with the mic frame, which is a great, yep. great platform. Yeah. It's cool to see buddy and free flow do what they do with the mech frame, even, even come out with die, die comes out with it and then buddy grabs onto it and, and does all these upgrades. And it's cool to see what's happening in mech paintball. I really, I, I think it's definitely part of the future of what we got going on for sure. For sure, yeah, and the misfits upgrades in the DSR mech frame. I've got them in my in my tricks, and uh, man, night. I mean, don't get me wrong. The the mech frame for the DSR Plus out of the box is good, but sure. what Buddy did to it took it from good to magical. Sure. Um, yeah, it's, and, it's uh, pretty awesome, and yeah. it's pretty uh, unlike a lot of upgrades back in the day that were horribly repressed that didn't do anything. This is a what is it, sixty bucks for the for the misfits kit? Sure. You think? Yeah, and, I think that's and, what it is. And it uh, it's a legit set of upgrades. So, all right, um, might be the same answer, but we'll see. Uh, what's your favorite marker of all time? Um, honestly, my favorite marker of all time. It's hard to say. Obviously, I work at Die now, so <laughs> the answer would be DSR Plus or an M3 Plus, our flagship gun now. But the like going back into history and really going through like my playing time, like Angel when they came out with the LCD was like it was so sought after and mm -hmm. i had a black one and i i loved it volumizers and all the the whole thing going on with that gun and i uh 
I, I, that is probably one of my favorite markers back then, especially to shoot. I mean, I loved it. Like it took the game up a notch for us. Like we all got them and we were in line for them. And yeah, that was definitely, that's probably one I'd have to say historically is my favorite for sure. Yeah. First time I heard somebody get on their angel trigger in the woods, I thought they had a full auto marker. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was so much faster than anything else out there. Sure. Yeah. It changed the game up a little bit. All right. Um, what's one thing you'd like to see brought back? Um, you know, one thing for me personally, I'm, I grew up in the scenario market where like I ran EMR for a little while with blue. I was lucky enough to do that with blue and Chris, but like we talk about those games, so, like I'd love to see the environment of these games become a little bit more like what avid does. Um, they do that, the hang mm-hmm. it, it it's just, it's not necessarily that specific thing. It's just more so that back in the day when we went to scenario games, part of that whole reason that we travel 12 to 14 hours would be because of Saturday night of just hanging out with everybody and everyone was so welcoming and like the family environment was, it was just off the charts. Like growing up, I used to think it was the coolest thing. Like just, mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to go because I'd see people from that I knew from Florida and California and South Carolina. And like it had come from all over the place to, these things like I will I would love to see the scenario market turn more towards the environment um a little bit like on Saturday night encourage people to camp we used to have thousands mm-hmm. of campers at EMR like I'd love to get back to that like I'd love the industry to get back to that and, and I'd say secondly to that is it's definitely the surge of mech I mean it is such a positive thing to see younger kids get in and not be intimidated not have to worry about being shot up by machine guns you know things like that like such a positive thing for paintball absolutely so, like currently it's definitely mech but it, it, by my heart scenario games i'd love to see that environment aspect of it come back yeah it, it, it's so hard to to gauge and explain to, to people on the outside how big the and i don't have a better word for it, but i always come back to this word how big the fellowship part is yeah the family the, like everyone says the family it, it really is right. Um, for, for the time that I was, I was retired when, when John talked me into playing scenario games, what I realized I was missed, what I was missing was the, 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 the road trips, the, the dinners, the, the lunches, the BSing between games with the boys and girls. It just, the, the playing on the field is great, you know, and and I love the sport itself, but all those moments off the field and on the way to the field, on the way home from the field, those are the best ones. Those are the stories that are enduring. Um, 100%. And, and yeah, I, I would love to see more uh, tournament series. All of, let, Let's encourage some of this stuff to just have people sit down, talk, swap stories. Yeah. You know, whether it's uh, a swap meet or dinner or whatever, yeah. Yeah. just to get those conversations flowing. Yeah. There's just, it's almost too business like sometimes. Yeah. And people don't stick around anymore. Like it seems like you play Saturday. Most people are out or going to a hotel. They're doing their mm-hmm. own thing. Like they stay in their little groups and that's that, you know, back in the day, it was just like one big conglomerate of people. It was just a swarm of people and they really couldn't bump into somebody that wasn't in good spirits and really wanted to like, wanted to listen to you stories from your, your paintball stories or what whatever it was at the time, you know? So we used to do bonfires and just, it just used to be, a little bit different than it is now I, I i go to these events and it they're still really fun and the gameplay is really cool and stuff like the scenarios are really cool but a lot of places saturday night friday nights just shut down the places are gone it's not the environments that it used to and 
that drew me in. That's when I got mm-hmm. hooked. When I, when I first experienced that, um, a couple times I was done. That was it. I was hooked. You know, I was traveling all over the place to play scenario games at that point. Absolutely. All right. So what's one improvement you'd like to see to the sport? Um, I think one thing that an improvement for us as a whole, and it's everybody's responsibility, whether it's players or field owners or us as manufacturers is make the environment a little more family, truly family friendly. I mean, I have an 11 year old son now. Um, he's, I'm trying to get him into it. It's definitely a little trickier, you know, these days, like it doesn't seem as it, I don't want to say as welcoming because everyone's always truly really nice and welcoming, but it's not the same. Whereas like, um, you know, just offering up oppor- all of us always cognitively offering opportunities for younger kids that are super impressionable when they're there to shoot a gun in the shooting range, try mm-hmm. goggles on, be a part right. of the fun part of it and understand like why I do it. Like I, I try to portray to him, like why I do it. Like he, he can see around, maybe you say hi to all these people, but when, when you're like high-fiving and throwing the football around in the parking lot or whatever's going on, like, I'd love to see us all take responsibility of everyone says grow the sport, you know, it's so cliche, but truly feels like if we do that, that'll, that'll ultimately help us get to the goal of trying to organically grow the sport. You know, so right. I think we can do better at that. You know, some of the national tournaments and stuff give extremely overwhelming. Um, and they're doing some things now, like they do jelly ball and they set up fields for kids and stuff. They're doing some stuff that's definitely encouraging it. So good for them. But I think we all just have a responsibility to try to kind of nurture that and bring that up because, you know, we're all, we're all getting older, you know, by the second. So if we don't bring our kids through, you know, get you right. shrinking. Yeah. It, I think luckily we still have most of that culture uh, at, at Avid at both fields because the, the old heads, which I'm not one of kind of passed it along of, you know, if, 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 if a new player, right. When I say new player, I mean, that, that could be a 12 year old kid. Sure. Could be a 30 year old guy. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 30 year old woman, whatever comes yeah. over and says, Hey, can I look at that marker? Or what do you think of this loader? Or can I try on those goggles? The answer should always be absolutely. Right. Um, I, I can't think of any other sport, definitely not golf, not, not, softball or whatever where somebody's going to hand you their two thousand dollar setup and say go shoot it here's some paint right you know right um, right right. and that's that's the norm at least around here in paintball but it it needs to be more proactive sure right um i I would love to see and and this this is on on me as well that you know when you're out at the park and you see a, a party of of some kid's birthday or a bachelor party or whatever go over and say hi let them shoot your stuff Right. Um, the or just showing it coached, off. Right. Yeah. Just uh, the first team it. I coached in Oklahoma, Logic, we we had a, a habit of we still do it now when we go play scenarios. Is you know we'll we'll trade off markers with somebody shooting a rental. Mm-hmm. You know, for a game, just to let sure. them try something different. Sure. Um, but th- that's absolutely what the sport needs to grow, and and people need to grasp the fact that that young player and old player has nothing to do with age; it has to do with experience. Sure. Right. You, you could be 22 and be an older player in my book. because 100%. Yeah, eight, yeah. Nine, 10 years, right? You could yep. be 35 and a young player because you picked up your first marker yesterday at Academy. Sure, sure. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that completely, that we need to be more 
more open, more family friendly, more accepting, more, more accommodating, I guess, to more accommodating, people, you know, and if you see somebody, somebody's eyes light up, you know, drag them by the ear over to the Corona station and let them shoot some paint. Right. 100%. You'll, you'd be surprised how far that actually goes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, what's your favorite paintball memory? Oh, geez. I don't even know. Some of them I forgot, I'm sure. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of, one of the biggest, I mean, it's not necessarily a specific event, I guess, as far as memories go, but we, I was lucky enough that I grew up in the hotbed of it with Eddie MR when I was younger, where I found myself on Blues Crew and traveling, um, you know, uh, the first like truly like, so to speak, fully sponsored, you know, scenario team out there, like, and we got to travel and play, you know, for, for discounted rates. And even sometimes, you know, luckily enough, you know, for free, but we would get around and we would go and we would be ambassadors of the sport. We would, we would kind of set up booths. Like I said, we'd have parties at night and we would host and have people over. We'd cook, we'd cook and, and we'd stay out at the field and we just kind of, I was, I was lucky enough to be able to go through that for like five or six years where it was like eight, eight games, seven, eight games, sometimes more, sometimes less each year. And we were traveling and we we're setting up gigantic compounds and trailers and, and inviting people over to try out things again, demo products, trying demo products, uh, showing off the gear that we represented um, and just getting to experience the CPXs, the D-Days, the skirmishes, the uh, EMRs, the all of Sherwood Forest, you know, some some of these events and some of these places and venues, TXR down in Texas, we went to a couple of times. Some of these places, Wayne's World in Florida was another place that I would have never been able to experience, you know, like it's uh, it's kind of looking back on it now. But I did that when I was like 17 to some 22, 23. I'm 43 now. And I just happened to get lucky enough to work in the industry, a bunch of different companies. But knowing those people and knowing those environments has paid off so much for me just because I kind of like grew up in it. Like I kind of kind of got it. Like I kind of like understood the field owner's perspective because I ran EMR for a while. But I also understood these different areas and how they how they were operating and, and what they were doing to be successful, too. So, yeah, I'd have to say that whole tour there is probably would have to be top of the list for sure. I mean, I have a million of them, but that one's that one's going to always kind of rank up there, man. I'm, I'm jealous. Um, I, I, so many places that I've heard that I never got to play at. Um, and you know, the, the big traveling scenario teams are kind of a, a thing of the past. Now we, we've is. had, we've had psycho clown posse got to Abbott a couple of times and those guys are amazing to play with and against. Sure. Um, yep. they're all a little crazy, but they're fun. Yep. They're fun. Um, yeah. They want to keep it fun. And yeah, they're the uh, old I, against, some of the total grief guys over the years run into them. Um, sure. There, sure. There's a great historical name. Uh, yeah. Great, great, great people. Um, but man, EMR skirmish. Uh, I got to get out more. Um, all right. So I think we've covered the last normal question, which is what does the sport need to grow? And I think we're yeah. really back to that same answer you had about um, just be better ambassadors. Yeah, we just all need to be cognizant that we're ambassadors. Like whether yeah. we're, it doesn't matter. I mean, we we try to do some stuff at die that's unique, and we try to be unique, separate ourselves. So try to do 
uh, demo gun programs. I do it with Avid. I mean, they have some demo guns that they loan out so people can try them. Even kids that are rental groups, they give them to like the the bachelor of their bachelor parties or the birthday Right. kid, you know, like those, those things go, go a minute. You know, we just all need to be a little more cognizant of that. Absolutely. All right. And then the whammy question for you, because I keep getting asked this. So What's that? hoping you can tell me Uh-oh. what does DSR stand for? Oh, that's a great question. I would love to be able to answer that, but I am not on, I've, I've honestly heard that. Like I've had that question and I feel like I provided the answer to, I had a dealer ask me that not that long ago, but I don't remember what it was. It's not straightforward. I know that, but I can't answer that. I really cannot answer what that means, uh, what that stands for. Okay. Well, I've been telling people it stands for Die Stuff Rocks, so Yeah, we'll just, I mean, we'll that, just go that with that. sounds good. Yeah, that, Yeah. that's good Um, for now, for sure. feel free to use that one. Uh, all yours. All right. So we're at the end of the normal questions. Yeah. Uh, like I said last episode, we are adding commercials. So now for a message from the sponsor, Spotify gives us. All right. And welcome back. Um, We don't do this on video because we're not high tech, but you're missing here is Andy keeping us, trying to keep a straight face um, while I,
and it's this is the way that die kind of perceives it as well so i'm not the only one here but we do these things through the dealer so like if my number one would be if you're really interested, if you're a team out there and you're a D5 team, but you're 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 getting to the point of commitment where I'm gonna play USXBL and I'm gonna play the EXL and I'm gonna play, you know, all NXL or any of these league series where you're really committed down to it. You the first bit is to find a loyal guy that you have on or that you play and practice with. Show your loyalty to them first. If you come out of the blue and say, hey, John from Avid, I'm so-and-so from the backwoods, Oklahoma. I've never been here before, and I got nine guys, and I'm I'm committing right now. I want a sponsorship. It's unlikely that you're going to get anywhere or anyone's going to take you seriously. Um, but if it's more like, hey, John, we've been playing here for the last 10 months. We've been practicing. We played EXL all year. You see, we're serious. We practice here every weekend or every other weekend or whatever it really is. And John sees that in you or, or X field owner sees that in you. Well, then now we're on to something, right? He has a legitimate uh, tie to want to one, do what can help you guys continue down the path that you seem to be heading, which is what we all really want, which is where sponsorship starts is we mm-hmm. all kind of want one brand representation. Obviously I want you to shoot a die marker, but in the same respect, I want it to be like the Bricktown Bucks is great because it's John they're committed to John first. They played first, showed that they were serious first, then come back through. And John, as the field owner, says, we have this team. Here we are. This is what we want to do. These are the leagues that we're going to play. This is what we're willing to commit to. And in return, Die comes back to say, well, since you're such a, a good Die dealer, these are the things that we can work out for the team, right? So my first bit is definitely to go to a field, pay the price, play all year, play a tournament series, show that you're committed, prove it. Prove it first. Don't don't ask first. Prove it first. Once you prove it, then there's options, right? But it is it is still, even though you can go to Dye's website and inquire to be sponsored, but we take those inquiries if we get them. I, I don't get too many of them, but I do get them. And when I get them, I go to the field that you put down first and say, hey, do you know this guy? And if he says, no, I've never heard of him, there's a very good chance like there's not much going on for you, right? Like, so the field owner vouches. He, he, the, the store or field owner is the guy that makes it happen. He really is. He's the guy that says they're committed enough to where I feel like I could, we can do this together. And and I'm assuming it's the same for, for scenario teams, right? Prove that you are going to, to different promoters games, prove that you're, you're working sure. in the field that you show up and you play at a certain amount of yep. time, a certain number of times a year. Yeah. And there's a certain kind of resume, so to speak. It's not, it's not real resume. It's not like written up resume, but there's this, there's definitely a thing where it's like the scenario producer would vouch for them. And then the field owner would say, yeah, he's played here. They've played here for years. And mm-hmm. he'd be like, okay, well, let's talk about something through you to them or, or however that breaks down. Right. Um, but there is like, like a vetting process. Yeah. And it, but it is a vetting process to speak like in tournaments, once you get into the, the NXL bracket again, completely through the dealers and stuff, but, there is a need for die as we're there. We want to see our markers there. We want people shooting our products. It is a good spotlight right. for our products, all the ghost sports coverage and anything, any other coverage that just comes out organically from NXL or coverage that we do ourselves, but we can, mm-hmm. we have people to follow, so to speak. Right. So there is things like that, but it, it does always come back to who are you tied to? What field or store do you, are you committed to? 
And again, like the best advice is to prove it and not ask for it. Like sh show that it, that you want this, like show Jake at elite sports that you are going to be here every Saturday. And then at the end of this season, now the conversation can be had, but today, right. the day just to get a discount or whatever you think you're trying to get is probably not the best Avenue. It's not going to be long-term and it probably won't work out. That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, what's the best way to reach out to, to a company? I, I know you said die had a, a contact us on the website. Yeah. Um, so we do have a contact. For, for us. Other... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I think most companies have the contact forms to, to some regard, you know, like I know empire does an all in program. Um, we do obviously a team program. I think Eclipse. I mean, I think everybody pretty much has something for mm -hmm. the teams to at least inquire about. Um, but but even then, like these, they have to understand that we there is fields on there that are what store and field are you associated with, um, and ninety eight percent of the manufacturers are first looking at protecting our dealer base first, right? And they, we just always we just always have to have our dealers backs when it comes to this stuff, because it's one thing to work out a deal with a dealer so that teams can get whatever the situation calls for. But it's another for us as manufacturers to be able to help back that dealer so that it's, it makes sense for everybody so that right. I, you see, just because you see a die marker in someone's hands everywhere, you know um, that's one thing. And it's obviously great, great for die, but I want to see guys that have avid extreme sports on their Jersey at the same time and show avid. If they have a choice of playing one place or the other, they pick their place. They pick avid, they pick Jake from elite sports. They pick action town park and Conway Arkansas. Like they pick these guys. So it's a mutual beneficial thing. And do you have to commit to a field or store? 100%. Like it's, this is going back to growing the sport. We would not be, we would be really, really remiss to be skipping out on fields and stores to be doing these programs without right. them. That's that's the hot base of how we grow is keeping everybody in the same loop. So and when it comes to tournaments, especially because people are just going rampant, you know, people just want and want and want. But the dealers are are the connection. So can't say it enough. I mean, I could say it a hundred times, but the, the reality is, is you got to commit to a guy. You got to be like, this guy's legit. John at Avid sets up the, you know, the, the field every Saturday and Sunday or whatever happens. And I'm going to stick with him. Got it. All right. Um. So what do you expect from, and this is, I know you've worked across multiple different companies. You were at Valkyrie sure. for a while, right? You're at Die sure. now. Um, and you've been both a, a field runner, come to find out. Uh, yep. That's just cool, EMR. Sorry, I'm yes, checking out a little yes, bit. Um, and, and so you kind of worked all, all over the industry, right? Sure. Um, what do you expect from a team, whether it's a tournament team or a scenario team, what do you expect from them once they're sponsored? So once once that happens, you've tied yourself to your dealer and everything happens. We get all the packages out. Now you look great. You got all the brand new die gear and you're you're going. You're you're ripping. You're playing EXLs and all the things are happening. We expect a few things. One, commitment to the brand among all things, right? Like we we provided these things through whoever and whether you got them, you know, whether it's through contingency or it's a discounted rate or whatever happened to your particular scenario is commitment to the gear you got it you got we want to see it 
And we want to market you because you're using it. We want you to use it so that if we get pictures, if you send in pictures, we can use those things. And we want to help your team grow and, and be more known because you're using the thing. So it's commitment first and foremost. We're looking for that. Like, a, like you're not on practice weekends, you're not not wearing your dye pants and your dye jerseys. You're just wearing random things. And then there's 25 pictures of that team online practicing against all these other teams and it they it doesn't look like they have anything died but we all went out of our way a dealer or whatever went out of their way and tried to make this happen so it's a commitment like die die sponsorship for an example anybody that's that's with us it's always a two-year commit to us so so there's a little bit of commitment involved so that's first and foremost we look for sportsmanship of course i mean again we're not all we're trying to be ambassadors so if you're if you're out making making vulgarities and, and acting a fool constantly. Like, I mean, things happen, but at the same time, like really are looking for you to be a representation of our brand for what we do. Like we do this every single day, you know, 12 hours a day, sometimes longer. And we expect that you're kind of an extension to us. We're welcoming you in. We want, we want you to be the same. And, and it's the same for the dealer. They, they, that's what they would expect. I'm assuming, and just from the dealer end, like some of the things that dealers expect is help with the fields when it's time to break down, help washing up the field when it's done, or at least offering. You know, some field owners will be like, no, I got it. Thank you, though. But that goes a mile. Like, it's what we're looking for. We're looking for loyalty for the brand, but we're also looking for good people that are really trying to help row the boat that everyone around them is rowing in the same direction. You know, if you're doing it just for popularity and to win points, it's probably going to be very short term. It's not going to last. So loyalty, commitment, sportsmanship. And, you know, I mean, at die, it seems to happen this way because you kind of vet people out and kind of get to check on, on like credibility, but really just looking for good people and looking for people that are just down to earth and want to do this for fun and are really, you know, whether competitive or not are really out there to, to get their best foot forward all the time. So. And, and it seems like when it comes to, to repping sponsors, it, it's easier than when I got into the tournament scene where you had to figure out a way to advertise your, yourself or your team. Now there's 19 it, different ways to do. It's a post. Media, it's a Facebook right? post. Hey, I had a practice this weekend. My idea saw a shot. Great. Hey, yeah. I, throwing I some Park Field was crazy this weekend. It was, there's a hundred people out there. That was amazing. Like it doesn't take much. No one's asking you to lie either. We're not trying to do any, it's just, just want to extenuate the positives and it takes you five seconds to make a post. Like, I mean, right. that's it. Tag die, tag avid, tag Jake at EXL, where, wherever you're, what you're doing, like just take the time. I mean, it, it shows that you, your intentions and it goes a long way. The little things, they, they go a long mm-hmm. way. That's a big deal. Yeah, definitely. I, I think honestly, it's gotten easier with social media. hundred percent. Uh, it has. I to, mean, before you'd have to go crazy out of your way. You'd have to be sending right. letters and emails and, trying to tell people how great things were when in all reality, now you can just tell the world in two point. Right. So, I mean, it's probably one of the best things and also one of the worst things. Cause you also know right away if something's wrong or if something's right, right. <laughs> See, it's, it's one or the other, but it's usually pretty instant. It's a, it's a dual edged sword for sure, <laughs> yeah. but it's definitely easier yeah, to get the word sure. out regardless of what the for word sure. is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Um, all right. So as a player, uh, and, and I know the answer, but I, I kind of want to hear it from the industry. What sure. should I expect from a sponsor? Well, I mean, initially, I don't know. I think the best answer to say from a player's perspective is 
at first I wouldn't expect much. I think the expectation sometimes comes in too hot. So For sure. um, not that you may or may not deserve it or whatever, but it's like, it goes back to this. I keep to feel like I'm saying the same things, but it, but the, the thing is, is that it's more for us. It's like the people that have got like the, the high, the, the best of the best sponsorships out there, what, you know, most, whatever that may be, however that may be. Most people assume that they're a pro team. That's a pro team sponsorship. It's not necessarily the truth. These, some people have been with brands for 10 years, like have shot uh, DM fours. And I have teams that I, that, are sponsored through fields, but they've been a die team since uh, 2010. Right. And the loyalty is the gain. The momentum of that is where the expectation starts to can start to build and people can start to feel more comfortable of giving or letting off the reins a little bit more. So the, the, the best answer for newer people that are trying to get sponsored is at first don't expect much try to put more out, like try to mm -hmm. try to like those posts. Like I said, like maybe at first it's just a simple, it's just very simple stuff. They're going to get stickers and hats or whatever lanyards or whatever it is, you know, but it's like, you got to grow. It's got to, it's got to start as a seed, right? You can't grow a plant without the seed. You got to, you got to start the seed first. So if we, if we keep watering the seed, then things happen, right? Because then it's, then it might be I go back to the person and say, "All right, we've had these guys for a year. We haven't really done. We've given them some stickers. They've they've tagged I in thirty three posts this year, and they've tagged Avid Extreme Sports Park in the same amount." Like John, what do you think? You think we can work out something to where I can do we can do this together and offer them a little bit more, or or even more, like maybe even more than what they would expect? But I just think people need to come into it with understanding, like. It, where as manufacturers are number one is the field and store owners like in retail like we are really driven to support the industry first right so then when the team once by the time we get to the team thing it really has to align with with the store field owners you know perspective what they what they're after what they're trying to do so you got to kind of you got to grow this thing we can't mm -hmm. we can't go from zero to 200 we need to we need to start somewhere and we and we usually will when it'll start and then it's you prove it. And it is kind of right. like, that. like it, if it, if the need was just to dump a ton of guns out there, then that that's a different story, but that's not it. No one, no one's trying to do that. That's not a hundred percent at all of what anyone's looking to do. No, no one needs to do that. It's like, no, I really think that these guys right here have proven that they know what's up and that they're going to represent this thing. Right. So they're going to get the deal. Like they're going to do, we're going to do what we got to do to help them out. And, and NXL, we want them to have our stuff like that. You need to make a manufacturer, no matter who it is, you need to make them feel like you want that. Not that mm -hmm. it's just today and it's got to be today or goodbye. All right. And if you do that, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I think really the best way to describe that in, in my mind is, you know, keep paying your dues. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, sure. you pay the dues initially by, by showing up and showing loyalty to a field. Right. And sure. then you work with the field owner to reach out to a manufacturer and then, as you go along, as you as you show that you're willing to do what you need to do as the sponsored organization, sure. um, then things can improve. And, and you know, NXL, man, one of my, one of the coolest things that ever had happened to me at, at NXL, and I was just in the pit helping, was was you guys sending heavy over to come help us out in the pit. Sure, having a factory tech come to your pit, that that's feels pretty, pretty cool. cool yeah, you know? yeah, 
And we um, had a free guy. And that, that's the kind of things is like we saw the schedule and it, it did happen. Like like that specific scenario happened like this. Like I went to Billy Wing and he he runs the Texas stuff. And I said, hey, do we if we have an extra guy, if teams are knocked out, I do have these guys that are super loyal to me. They've done nothing but right by me. They have a game, you know, and they're super pumped up. And tomorrow it's an important game for them. If we have an extra guy and he was like, yeah, we actually do. And and it, it's all it is. But it's like. I'm not positive that there's a hundred. Well, there's definitely not a hundred, but I don't know that there's 10 teams that I could think of off the top of my head that I would even think that about necessarily, because it's like that those are my guys. Like those guys have always shown me love and they've always done the right thing for us. And again, even with John at Avid. So it's like, we, we want to do those things and we do do those. Die is the die is by far one of the best at that, but that example is it like that was earned that position at world cup last year where we were able to get heavy out there for you guys in the pits on Sunday that was earned over the course of all year long of you guys all doing exactly what I thought you were going to do and exactly what John and I both expected you both, you all to do. And I mean, it was, I mean, that was awesome. The, all that was awesome. Cause John came over, everybody was pretty, pretty pumped about it, but it, it's awesome for me to be able to do it. It's like, I'm glad that we've fostered a relationship there to have that be an option to be like, you know what, this is an option. You know, like we, we can do this. If we can make this happen, we, we need to make this happen. So yeah, it was pretty cool, but that's, that's it. There's, there's levels to this thing. Like there, there are levels, like you guys got a huge crew of guys. You guys all committed. You guys all did all what you want EXL. You know, there's a lot of things that were super, super positive for dying the Midwest um, that come out of the Bricktown Bucks. So things like that are, are, are amazing. We want to support the guys that support us. Yeah, he even, uh, after the D3 line was knocked out Saturday, he even came and checked on us playing 10-man Sunday just because yeah, he awesome. was in the area. And, uh, yeah, having having a factory tech come by and make sure your stuff was good, man, that, that's a whole new feeling. That's just really cool. Yeah, um, cool. I'm used to having to go to the factory tech and drop off a marker and go, <laughs> I broke it. Uh, sure. So having one come to you is is a whole new feeling, and that was awesome. Sure. And that was, in, in my mind, one of the ways that I know the Bucks had made it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they have. I mean, like again, they they earned that. That that wasn't given. That was earned. I mean, there is nothing that happened throughout the course of these last this last year with them that was nothing shy of amazing. I mean, that being getting them on, getting the Bricktown Bucks with Die has set up infrastructure to be able to have a tech at EXL, which John does. Mm-hmm. So. Now we're going to have a tech at USXBL, but all that started with the Bricktown Bucks organization. Me and John had had a conversation when we were just in the potential process of maybe the Bucks were going to be interested. We weren't really sure. Mm-hmm. And we had a couple of conversations and I, and I told them, I was like, the plan would be to build up a network so that we had the Bricktown Bucks as a sponsored team. And we do the things that we all do as a sponsorship program. We want to do the teching at a, NXLs when we can and all those kind of things. But on top of that, like this, this opens up a network where it's essential for us die to start investing in the infrastructure of regional events in this area. And it wasn't there, even in, in Texas, it's still, I mean, it, we did the bunker fest last year, but with USXBL being new this year, we mm-hmm. will be there as well. But that's all because of the buck startup. It really is wow. like, we just okay. started a domino effect of regional techs being needed because now the guns are starting to become you know, uh, around. So mm-hmm. I, I can't leave guys out there hanging, you know, it's, it's the worst coming off an event or an awful game and having your, 
gun go down or something go on and you have no one there to help you that that that's not what we're about so uh, that all started with you guys <laughs> it really did it's funny john i wish john was on here because he would totally i, I mean I'm, I'm assuming he would he was it was me and him like we kind of brainchild that for a little bit and i i was trying to make it happen wasn't 100 sure it was going to happen and it and it has it, it really has it's, it's pretty cool to see it foster the way it has yeah, uh, honestly, you all sending us that that demo uh, oil slick uh, before Cup two years ago, and we all put it through its paces. Um, we all tried to break it, <laughs> actively tried to break it. Uh, I think I think Dirt's still shooting that one. Yeah, he still. Um, has, I was like, John still still demos that gun. He still has it. Uh, and it 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 shoots amazing. Um, it's a great. Gun. I, I on my third DSR, not because they've had problems, but I went from a regular DSR plus to a Trix. And now my tricks is mainly uh, a mech, and my daily driver at this point is an icon. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Just because I got to be a little different, uh, but great platform. So, uh, yeah, we at least once or twice a weekend we hand those things off to somebody to go shoot over the chrono or go yeah, it's awesome. shoot on the airball field. And I don't know how many we've helped John sell, but it's probably a good number because they're it's been they're a fairly good, good number. Guns. Yeah, and just to see the gun go around out there again in territory that that had no die presence whatsoever, and now we're like we're becoming like one of the main presence. It's it's just awesome. It's all it's exactly how it's supposed to go, and it, it's gone swell. Like I I couldn't we couldn't have mapped that out or had it go any better. Really, John, me and John have been friends for so so long. I've always been on the other side of the fence with them. Like we've always been good friends. Um, but I mean, on the other side of the fence by like, I worked at Falcon and he shot GI paint, which was totally fine. There was no pressure right. there nothing, but I always talk, I was always his rep, but there was just never an opportunity. They always supplied him really good pain. He never really wanted to make a move, but I always stayed in touch with them. Right. And it's, right. it's kind of funny how our, when I get the die, like the, the relationship with me, him and just kind of open up and Sexton, I worked at Falcon with Sexton. So like a lot of the these relationships that I had just kind of from the past just kind of blossomed here. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, watching you and Sexton and I think no one Ryan wasn't there yet. Uh, but you and Sexton and somebody else jokingly make fun of each other about the Tron pants. Yeah. At the brand <laughs> last year. And those are some of my favorite pants still. I wish I still had a pair. Um but yeah, <laughs> y'all way overproduced those bad boys. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's funny. Sexton. But uh yeah, that was that was a great conversation. For for those of you listening, I, I want you to imagine the Spider Man meme where there's three of them pointing at each other. This was that <laughs> conversation about Alcantron pants. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was so great. So great. Yep. Yeah. And another one of those things about, about paintball is you if you stick around, you'll hear stories like that and you will hear it from multiple angles, possibly at the same time. Yeah. It, yeah. Just, it, it you know, it, it's so great. It's so great. Funny. A lot of us have been around each other forever, so it's like we have yeah, like I said, we have stories and things that we've done that we forgot about. <laughs> yeah, and in, in, in a good way, paintball's kind of like the mafia. You really can't get out. Yeah, yeah. And then if you don't know the guy, you know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And it's so interconnected. And, and, you know, just talking to people and, and learning people, uh, learning people's names and talking to the person, walking up to them if you, if you recognize them for whatever. This is the easiest sport to do that in. Um, yeah, well, it definitely is. Yeah, I mean, there's really no strangers at a paintball field for the most part. I mean, it's never been that way for me. Like, even no, if no. Go to a foreign place. I mean, it seems like everyone you just kind of pick right up where you left off. 
uh, I, I describe especially the big scenarios as as playing with my 500 closest friends, and if I don't know them, they'll be my friend by the end of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're just friends I haven't met yet. Um, yeah, one of the things crazy. I truly, truly love about this sport. Yeah, yeah. People, people, some people think we're we're crazy guys ru- running around the woods in camel jumpsuits and uh, and hiding hiding behind barrels on each other, and it's like then they show up and they're like, oh my goodness, they're like all these flashy guns and all these. You Great. Know, these crazy- crazy things it's just not what what the outside world necessarily thinks it is no no especially with the with the older markers you know from from when i started playing and when you started playing sure you couldn't be sneaky with those things yeah you were sneaky until you pulled the trigger that everybody everybody knew where you were they were also heavy as all get out oh man dragging around a 10 pound weight all day oh if i hear one more new player complain about a heavy marker i'm gonna throw an impulse at them right right I'd probably throw my shoulder out, right, but right. I, you know, or, 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 you know, see if I can find a DM4. So I'm, I'm still shooting a sponsor gun and just cause um, the DM4 looked like it was light. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't light. It was not no. light. No, there's not much light about that. You could, you could probably anchor a mid-sized boat with a DM4. Yep. And for sure. I'm saying that because yeah, but you know, impulses, DM3s, um, all the guns back then, they, they era, were heavy. You know? Yeah, they yeah. were heavy back then. No doubt about it. So when somebody picks up their two-pound marker now and calls it heavy, I'm like, what? <laughs> Agree. All right. So they think that that's everything that I wanted to talk about. Because I, I feel like with our shared experiences, and, and as long as we've been at this, we could probably uh, we could talk do about this, this for hours. Like, yeah, yeah hours could. for sure. And, and I may have to bring you back at some point because uh, – sure. Man, I want to learn more about all the old school scenario stuff I missed out on because I'm the right age, but I was not able to get into any of those things. So I'm I'm super jealous, oh, super man, jealous. I, that is so I like, cool. I grew up on it. Like I said, I could I could definitely equate like a, a very 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 large amount of being able to work in this industry for as long as I have wholesale to all that. I I traveled the world or the the country mostly with with them and and Mike Blue always knew all the field owners. So I kind of got this interconnection with all these field owners. And then all of a sudden I'm working at JT and then I'm working at Draxis and all these field owners are still field owners. And I, mm-hmm. I know them. Right. So like I'm going in and meet sales meetings, like sometimes and, and some of the, the companies at the beginning and being like, Oh, Bob. Yeah, I know Bob. Hold on. And I call Bob and they're like, you know, him? I'm like, yeah, call him. And they're like, Whoa. I'd be like this guy, this guy. It was just, and it did. It just kind of, it just kind of gave me such a running head start. It was, it was almost unfair, but it was. I, I owe it to that experience for sure. Like, you know, there's no way I would be anywhere near doing any of this if, if it wasn't for that. So, I'm, I'm thankful for it, man. Some of the best times of my life, hundred percent. Traveled, like you said, traveled the world with seven hundred of my best friends. I'm crazy. Yeah, and I, and I think that's another thing that a lot of people don't grasp is how how relational this industry is. Mm-hmm. That uh, so much of it is built on play to the guy's field, played with the guy, worked with him at a previous yeah. employer, whatever. That that I know that you know from 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 my standpoint that I can I can pick up the phone and call multiple people I know that have owned fields or currently own fields and get connected with all sorts of people, right? Because sure. Again, like I said, if you don't know a guy, you know a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, and as long as you're not abusing that, you know, you can do all sorts of things in this industry. Sure. Um, 
because there are so many people that are around for so long that that want to help new players, want to help grow it, both both sure. from an industry standpoint and a player base standpoint. Um, that is out there, and and I, I'm going to take this moment now to, to kind of embarrass you uh, to thank you wholeheartedly uh, for for taking care of me on my giveaway last year. Um, you know, it, it, and I'm not going to name numbers because it's it's it, this isn't that show. But but Andy took care of me on on getting the package put together, and you know when when I was asked what color did I want, my response was whatever's cheap. All right. Uh, so I was expecting to get a mismatch because. Uh, you know, um, and Andy made sure he got me matching gear. So uh, that was awesome. That that made me a happy dude. That's uh, cool. I've never been so happy installing a speed feed in my life when I realized everything was the same color. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. Pretty cool. So what you did there, giving away to the new kit, new players and stuff. Like, that's it. That's the accountability that we talked about. That's it. Like if... I'm doing it at least once this year. I'm going to try to do a second kit. I don't know where. Um, I, I, I've got to talk to uh, a couple of different field owners to figure it out because I don't want to do two at the same game. Sure. Um, but I'm going to try to do two this year. And once I figure that out, uh, you know, my first call is to John and his next call is to you. Because oh, once yeah, again, sure. you know, I, I, I go through the field. Yeah, um, yep. Just reach out. 100 percent yeah we got you we got you covered it's such a good cause and i saw the dirt guys did the same thing with gi gi did something too like it's just a, again that's that the avid's doing it right the environment thing is going to pay off mm -hmm. uh, it, it's going to pay off I, I think it already has but i i do i i think it will continue to like that's just something that doesn't happen everywhere anymore it used to be constant it's not like that anymore that that camaraderie that Avid has there is cool. My wife, I brought my wife and my kids mm -hmm. to Avid this year, first time ever, like the first time they've ever been there. My kids, I think, went with me one other time uh, a while ago. They were much, much younger. Um, but my wife, my wife had such a good time. She loved it. We like we just worked the booth and we, you know, we played catch with the football in the parking lot, and everybody come over, of course, to talk and hang out and say hi and. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a really, really good experience this year at the brand. All right. So closing thoughts. Hit me, what you got? Uh closing thoughts are if you're looking to get sponsored by anybody, doesn't matter manufacturer, the bottom dollar is prove it first, right? Go to the field and show them that you're committed to what you're doing. Don't talk about it, be about it, say that to a million people. These are the facts of the matter. That will go light years beyond any email or any contact form that you're going to reach out to. Like John, any field owner, John's the example because he's avid, but ultimately I know a hundred of them. And they're looking for people that are committed to them in order to do go down this path. A lot of them don't want to even mess with it until you prove it. And I, I don't blame them. I mean, they have a job to do and they're trying to run a business. So right. just remember, entitlement doesn't really get you anywhere. But if you go there first and, and offer your services and show them what you're willing to do to help them out and to become a sponsored team in Avid and with X manufacturer, I think you're going to find that it's going to work out for you pretty well. But if you don't take that approach, don't be surprised if it doesn't fall flat on its face. These are the facts. These are not being rough. It's just reality. These these are reality. So the truth is, is like we all want to help the sport grow, want to be a good ambassador. Like I said, do your part to do that and you can fall into this scheme 1000%, but prove it first and you'll be good to go. Outstanding. Um, all right. So, so my turn. Um, Man, support your local field. Support your local store. If you've got if you've got a store, 
don't don't buy from the internet first, right? See if the store can get it. Sure. See if they can order it for you. If they can't, I understand. Sometimes you got to go elsewhere, but tr try the local field, try the local store. Pick one to support, pick two to support, whatever. Just make yourself known, put yourself out there and, and make yourself an ambassador. That way, when you decide you want to talk to a field or a store about expanding uh, your, your sponsorship or getting sponsorship, that they can vouch for you and they can get you A, to the best manufacturer possible and B, to the best deal possible. It's relational. Um, and, yes. and for God's sake, don't say bad things about your sponsor. If something's not working, hit them up. Don't vent about it, right? Yeah. Um, and qualify things you say. If and I'm just making an example. If if X piece of equipment could work better, say, you know, it's good, but it could be better, as right. opposed to saying bad things about it. Sure. Um, and then take that feedback to the manufacturer. They can't fix things if they don't know. Sure. Same thing yeah, with, you know, video games, good. cars, whatever. If people don't know there's a bug, they can't fix it. Right. And in this industry, most of the people play or have played, so right. they get it. Yeah. Yep. 100%. They absolutely get it. This is for the player, by the player. And that, I'm not just talking about die. I'm talking about basically every paintball company is filled with people that have played or still play paintball. Sure. So they, they understand your issues. If you've got a problem, talk to them. Don't take it on social media. Don't don't be caught saying bad things about your sponsor. If you need to go in a back room and vent between you and one other person, do it. Don't let it spill out. Yep. Take care of your sponsors, whether it's the field, the store, die, whoever. They'll take care of you. Agreed. And the longer you take care of each other, the better everything's going to be. Because yes. in the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is a business, and everybody's trying to keep their doors open. Everybody's trying to feed their family. Right. So help them help you and just, you know, keep moving along. And, and for goodness sake, if, especially if you're sponsored, but regardless of you are or not, if somebody asks you about gear, let them try it. We got to grow this thing. Yep. Because we say around here, there is no next. Yep. 